Welcome to part three of the 60th episode of It Wasn't Me, a true crime podcast where we discuss murders that intrigue us. I am Cindy. And I'm Mercedes. Thank you for listening to last week's episode where we continued the saga of Roche Terriot. Our show is often horrifying and graphic, and we will use offensive language. So if you have kids, put them away for a while and join us for a murder. Also, we are passionate and always have been about true crime, but we must warn you, sometimes we will make jokes and we will laugh during our podcast. Want to learn more about us? Visit our website at itwasn'metruecrime.com to find links to our social media pages. We drop a new episode every Friday morning. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss out. Thanks for listening. And even if you are even slightly entertained by our Southern charm, please leave us a five-star rating along with a comment. And if not, please reach out to us and let us know what we can do to improve. Also, Please recommend our podcast to your friends and family. Share the love. Hey, Mercedes. Hey, Cindy. How's it going? Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. I, uh, I'm doing all right. I'm trying to think. Anything exciting happened this week? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Friday tomorrow. Yay. We're kind of, we're kind of um, recording this at the 11th hour again. Well, it's not quite the 11th hour. <laughs> but you might get to go to bed before the 11th hour, right? Right. Maybe. Right. And I, and I really did try to kind of, I know there's a lot of back, we, we discussed that there's a lot of background information and I don't know if it's just me. I feel like that it's all pertinent to the case, I guess, because it's I just, the case that we've been talking about. Yes. Because this okay. is episode three. The and Aunt kids Roche Terrio. Terrio. And we don't normally do more than two and there's going to be another one. So but it's okay. It's a very interesting story. And I love hearing about this guy. He's, um, yeah, he's, it's just, just a lot to, to wrap up into one hour and not go what, an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. Right. And I like keeping it within an hour, even though there are podcasters podcasts that go much longer. I'm, oh. I'm good with an hour. Yeah, I think an hour is perfect for us. You know, we we listen to yeah. some that go two hours, and well, I've been listening to some that are even smaller than that. Mm -hmm. But you know, they don't they do a lot more ads than we do, and those get on my nerves. I have to say, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I love our ads, like the one ad that we usually do. I think last week we had to do two, but yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. I think so. It's anyway, it's okay. I think I think you know, um, this guy is interesting. It always intrigues me how people follow and live like this for mm -hmm. other people you know yeah I can't wrap my mind around it I, I just I don't know like I keep trying to figure it out this these are men giving up their wives and women and letting some other dude tell them what to do and I don't know it's just weird just well weird. I learned something this week that, which is kind of along this because who I was talking to I was like um yeah how about no um in ancient what? in ancient India Okay. In the Hin no, yeah, in the ancient Hindu religion, when Hindu first came about, the you know, they they had multiple wives. They were allowed, to, they were multiple wives. Uh-huh. But the women, do you know what they did when their husbands died? Well, they were buried with him, right? No. Something equally bad. Oh, what? They, the wives would throw the commit suicide by throwing themselves onto their dead husband's burning body oh 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 my goodness and if you have more than one wife i'm gonna be like well he loved you more let's go <laughs> I'm wow. like, oh. Interesting. yeah so i mean i guess i don't know 
I don't understand any of that. There are a lot of those religions or what, you know, that believe in the afterlife and they take all their possessions with them, living and dead and inanimate, whatever. Yeah. 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 So what do we have this week? All right. Well, we left off last week with the coroner declaring that the the whole group, the people, Uh the commune, that they were at fault of poor Samuel's death, the, the, the little boy. Okay. So just to back it up, if anybody, this is your first time listening, you probably want to listen to a couple of episodes back because this is the third episode in the Ant Hill kids. So yes. you're kind of like jumping in a third of the way, three, wait, two, wait. yeah, three episodes in, this is the third episode. <laughs> in. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. For- you only have a quarter left after today. <laughs> oh, yay. I mean, Hey, I can't. <laughs> Nice that I don't have to worry about doing it another week. That's why I'm saying yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we know that there would be a trial because they were, um, the coroner declared that they were at fault for this little boy's death. So at the end, so there was a nine month trial. Okay. And at the end of this trial, during which the commune members moved to another, they moved to New Carlisle where the trial was being held. Because I guess that would, you know, be closer to where the trial was and all of that. And they were all the parties that were, all the people that were, I guess, contributed to this little boy's death were all found guilty. Okay, good. Maris and Solange um, got three years probation. Doesn't seem like enough. But they didn't, they were just like standby. Doesn't seem like enough. Jacques and Claude received six months in prison. And three years probation for child abandonment. Guy Veer, who that's the guy they castrated. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that they, they're blaming all of this on. Right? Yes. He yes. was like, he was sentenced, but later acquitted for mental um, incompetency. Okay. And returned to um, a hospital, uh, like a mental hospital. Gabrielle was sentenced to nine months in jail and three months probation. Wow. Yeah. Still doesn't seem like quite enough it doesn't but you know like the baby if you look at it in terms of religion you know a lot of really a lot of people circumcise their child their son and some cultures their daughters too right um so you know when you do a ceremony you do uh, rites about prayers or whatever you know right and yeah so i could see it in a way like they're do you know they might be saying it's, it's our religious belief and it went wrong there was and so was that what it was? Right. Well, I mean, if they wanted them circumcised at two years old, they should have taken it to a doctor. Well, yeah, but there are a lot of those those cults that don't go to doctors. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, we had already talked about last time where Roche was in jail. So the members of the group then distributed themselves within Quebec City, like in, in different apartments so that they could be near him while he was in jail. The police um, apparently raised up their cabin at the um, Gas Bay uh, uh-huh. Reserve where they where they were, and then bulldozed it to the ground. Terrio at this time started assembling notes for a book that he would write and publish in 1983, huh. and it's in French. And I don't know how to say that. La Fer Mois. Yeah. The, le, the affair of Moses. I don't know what that word means. So we know that that's the French. Right. Of Moses. Moses. Yeah. And, yeah. 
and I guess things, things seemed to like calm down and they didn't really think that maybe that this whole cult thing was over. You know, they bulldozered their house down. So you're saying that the authorities thought, okay, we've gotten rid of this. Is that yes, what you're yeah, but okay. maybe, but this was only like, not even really like the beginning. Like it was just really to get bad. Okay. Yeah. Do tell. Do yeah. tell. So Roche was released February of 1984 and his followers all wanted to stay together in the city and maybe like rent a house, Mm -hmm. but all their fearless leader had other ideas. Oh yeah. They would go back into the wilderness and start all over again. Of course. Yeah. This time on lot four concession five in Somerville township burnt river which was near the town of Lindsay in Victoria County, Ontario. Okay. So he had stopped drinking. He was in prison. I mean, I realized that they can get their toilet liquor, whatever it's called. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but maybe they weren't having toilet liquor by the, at this time. So he had stopped drinking. He had told them all that they, that there wouldn't be any violence. And as God's emissary, they were obligated to follow him. Oh, it sounds like he just got Mm. By May of uh, 1984, he moved them into a new home, began construction of a new cabin as isolated as their old one was. So they're just like in the middle of nowhere. With of no course, one he wants to get them away from everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He de uh, designed and assembled a sawmill from a chainsaw, a mobile, I mean, a snowmobile engine and some bicycle parts. That sounds like. That's engineering 101. Yeah, yeah. That's very, you know, ingenious, I guess. He, but we, we talked about how smart he was, too, or mm -hmm. how smart he thought he was. He also designed a horse-drawn treadmill to mill water from a spring in the neighboring, like a neighboring. He was now calling himself Rock. Okay, so Remember not Roche. I, I saw it a couple of different ways. Right. Um, and that's the Anglis, Anglis, the Anglicized yeah, version of his name. <laughs> so now he was rock he then commissioned for another cabin to be built a a-frame cabin two-story with a kitchen a bakery a maple sugar shack okay a smokehouse a root cellar and a stone sanctuary or altar upon which he could commune with god oh lovely yeah um <clears throat> this was all to be built by two two males and nine females four of whom were pregnant now are they pregnant with his children or do we know pregnant he just got out of jail they're pregnant already damn Ugh. okay so four of them were pregnant, all of whom um all of who were responsible for the commune's 10 children so the women there was already 10 kids right so these nine women four who were pregnant so they were about to have, I mean, at minimum, four more kids. <laughs> Could you imagine being a child growing up in that? And, you know, I, mm -hmm. I'm intrigued by people who uh, grow up in that and then come away from it. It's just they have a totally different outlook on life. I don't know if I know anyone. Well, I don't know anyone personally, but I've seen like documentaries and stuff. Like there are actors, like I want to say River Phoenix and Joaquin yes. Phoenix. I'm going to say they grew up in a commune. Mm -hmm. They, there was yes, somebody I can't else. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, they grew up in like a crazy one too. Yep, they grew up in a commune type 
lifestyle. So the children, I mean, from one to 15, oh, God's miserable. Oh, that's a lot of kids. At least like the older kids might be able to help out. Yeah, but that's not their responsibility. No, but golly, they work. So while they were building all of the, this construction that he was commissioning, um, they worked through the summer and long pants and sweaters to keep the mosquitoes away. Interesting. I wonder how many mosquitoes are in Ontario. I mean, I guess in the wilderness, but yeah. I mean, I'm like, are they like Florida mosquitoes? Yeah, I don't know. There, um, I mean, Missouri mosquitoes are similar to Florida mosquitoes. They might even be worse. No, because at least in Florida they spray. Like you know, we they have mosquito oh, yeah. control. Yeah, we do. We still do that. I remember we were listening listening to but, another like, podcast when um. And they were talking about mosquito spraying and they had never, and they had never heard of it. We were listening to small town murder and they were talking about spraying for mosquitoes because it was somewhere in the South and they had never heard of that. Oh, okay. But I guess they don't don't, do that. That might be one of the episodes I missed. Yeah. All right. So they're out in the woods. They're building all this stuff. There are children running around everywhere and what's going on now. So he decided that I guess they needed a little bit more structure. So he established a new hierarchy, assigning each of the wives different responsibilities. The lowest of them was Maris. Uh, She should be the highest after you done killed her kid. Yeah. Uh, Terrio forbade Jake's, Jocks, whatever his name is, and Maris from sleeping with each other. Oh, interesting. They were married before they got there and encouraged Jocks to beat her if she talked back to him or rock so if she talked back to rock her husband had to beat him beat her yeah mm. i don't think so i mean why do they stay i don't know but she's pregnant too <laughs> rock also convinced jacques that a birthmark she had looked like the number 666 oh god now they're gonna kill her am he i right no don't tell me yet he eventually ordered her to live apart from everyone else in her own hut with her own God. children until rock later accepted her oldest daughter into the main group of course he did i wonder why i wonder why yeah oh my god yeah no one who visited the compound from somerville had any idea of the group's strict brutal organization nor did they have any idea that the group of the group's past in quebec the members of the commune were regarded as just eccentric hardworking people so they actually moved from one their provinces right or uh, i can't remember what they're called in canada so they they said this was in uh so they moved from um victoria county but i think it's like provinces okay i think so i'm gonna look that up because it's driving me nuts that i don't know with all the snowbirds i know so they just thought they were some weirdos living out in the wilderness they had no idea so victoria county however had different ideas about welfare than Quebec, Quebec does. So the group had, um, was refused funding. So that's how they lived was off all the, that welfare. Remember? Right. Yeah. So they got a lot of money. Like we added up like 7,000 a month. Yeah. Well, they were refused funding on the basis that the group constituted an institution rather than a family. Well, I mean, I'm glad because (laughs) Well, they could, I mean, they were all able-bodied. They can go get jobs. That's right. And they were, they were working. They chose to move away. They could have worked or, yeah. you know, I, I mean, mean I, it seems to me like they have to be somewhat mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I mean, even um, with like 
you know, David Koresh, you know, the Waco, they, some of them worked. Well, Jeff Warren, that group, I mean, they still, like the polygamists, they are supposedly wed, but they're like unwed mothers to society. Yes. So they're collecting unemployment. And they're collecting collecting unemployment. Or uh, food stamps and probably even, you know, how they give some people, if you make, you know, they give you cash. Yeah, I don't know. I know like EBT EBT cards Mm -hmm. or, you know, they help pay your rent and stuff like that. So this, so the county said that they were more of an institution than a family. This only served as proof that the outside world was hostile to their way of life. This only reinforced the alienation and the isolation that he was pushing on them. Yeah, because he's doing the same thing that Koresh and them did. You know, they don't love, they don't care about us. They don't. Yeah. As far as rock, I guess is what we're going to call them now, was concerned if the rest of the world wouldn't voluntarily give them what they needed, they would have to take it. Okay. He began ordering his wives to steal from the local grocery stores or markets in the town of Lindsay. Dairy products, vegetable meats, canned goods, soda, toilet paper, anything that they needed. If they needed something, he would just tell them to go to the store and to steal it because they could no longer afford to buy it now don't you i mean to me that seems like they would get caught doing this eventually but he had them make he had them make special jackets and special clothing so that they had bigger like liners and bigger like inside pockets so that they could put i guess a roll of paper towels or whatever they right. were trying to steal in these jackets and okay. they already dressed all long sweaters and so instead of using that um genius brain to like get a really good job somewhere or he's going to engineer something like that so he can get by by taking from someone else exactly i got it (laughs) yeah he's just on january 31st 1985 a police officer finally did catch somebody shoplifting nearby he tracked down Gabrielle, Claude, Nicole, and Rock Jr., Roche Jr., who had a 50-foot rope coiled around his waist. Yeah, so he can't go far. He's a teenager. Oh, is he? He's like 13. Okay. Well, so so Jacques, you said, was caught shoplifting. Yes. Others who the police officer tracked down all those others yes and between the five of them they had shoplift they had shoplifted nearly 500 dollars worth of goods wow so their punishment was that they were banned from shopping in Lindsay ever again which is the town that they were closest to so that i mean i'm not saying that their stealing was right but now they're punishing them even more and alienating them even more and isolating them even more because where are they going to go shop now i don't know how far i mean mean, i'm sorry but they're lucky they didn't get arrested and go to jail and then get in the criminal system correct so i mean if it was me i would just take my loss and get the hell out of dodge right or Lindsay, i guess yeah so rock encourages followers to hit up their parents oh Okay, I need you to call your mom. I need you to call your sister, cousin, baby Tracy and get some money. If your parents refuse, it would, it's only because 
they hate us. Right. So he would then when the, so if the parents said, no, we don't have any money or we're not giving you money, he would turn it around and was like, see, this is what I've been saying this whole time. If they agreed, however, then the group would have money to continue living in isolation. So nothing would change. He would just be more hate, you know, just reinforce the hatred part. Oh, see, your family hates us. But then if they gave the money, it's not like their lifestyle would change in any right. kind of way. They would still live in isolation. They would just have grocery, grocery money. Right. Wa- um, Rock had brainwashed his followers into thinking only negative thoughts about friends and family. You know, I mean, they would just, mm-hmm. he had convinced them all. Like, I mean, he was, I hate to say good, but I mean, for him to be able to convince this not this many people. I don't I think it takes that's what I was trying to say is it takes a special person um someone who's got low self-esteem or mental illness or drug addiction or something to be manipulated in such a way yeah I mean he manipulated them so much that when he was like okay it's time to call your mom they would beg him please don't make me call them they hate us so much Right. You, you know, they hate us. I don't want to talk to them. And yeah, I can see that. Yep. So that's the typical response was, um, that the girls could have money, but only if they left rock. So the typical response from the parents, from the parents, parents like, yeah, yes. I'll give you all the money you need, but you need to come home. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, because this was only gonna, you know, last for so long. Also, they started right. selling fruit and later pastries which I mean, I guess would be good, you know, like little market stuff yeah. um, and like a little, you know, on the side of the road type thing. Farmer markets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see that all the time. You see people selling tamales out of the back, of, out of the trunk of their car. Absolutely. Shrimp. So, yeah. Shrimp. So this proved to be a pretty successful venture for them. Rock organized the group into a company called the anthill kids oh finally <laughs> you tell. why are they called the anthill kids <laughs> because they work together like a nest of ants oh and he's the queen yeah yeah uh-huh. though the members of rock's group still had a subset of um i mean not, not a subset subsist <laughs> <laughs> on corn and potatoes at least now they were making some money everything seemed to be going really well but rock became less desperate to survive he became increasingly bored and he um began drinking again because he was so bored he stopped working again started up with his Mm -hmm. oh my belly hurts my stomach hurts i can't work you think somebody would say well stop drinking the poison and maybe your stomach won't hurt you dum-dum so he but he prescribed himself a case of beer a day for any pains all so right if he was in pain he had to have a case of beer wow when he was drunk, yeah yeah i mean God. it is a lot i mean uh, we both know beer drinkers yes and yes. on average the the biggest beer drinker you know how much does he, that person drink a day <laughs> a case how much can he drink <laughs> or i mean well on a on an average does he drink a case of beer a day? No. Okay. Not every day. <laughs> That's a lot of money. So a case of beer would last four days, two weeks. No, definitely not. Okay. All right. Four days. Maybe digress. <laughs> we do digress. 
that's yeah. just a lot of beer. I mean, it is a lot of beer. It with his homies. I don't. I. That's a lot of beer. I mean, I bet he became like angry. But <sighs> so when he was drunk, he would often go and in, in on. He would go off on tangents about. Stuff, yes. Probably. Yes. Like, philosophize and, then, and, you know theologize he, he had all of the less, this like worthless costume jewelry but everyone was kind of terrified to do anything i guess to even like ask him about it or i don't really understand what he's doing here so it just seems to me like he's <clears throat> positioning himself as like i'm um, the king of this domain and then he's wearing like this costume jewelry and yeah, like going like on and on about himself an object of himself, maybe. Yeah, and so when he's drunk, he's just like, "Oh, look at my dollar hmm. store brooch." I mean, I don't, I don't understand what he's doing here. Um, now, like every narcissist, he would also play the wives against each other, which he's been doing that since the beginning, mm-hmm. and manipulating their self-esteem, just like everything that he's always, been, you know, he's been doing this whole time. He would also organize no hold bar <laughs> nude wrestling matches between the women. <laughs> because that's so fun to watch, right? Are they in mud or are they just naked wrestling each other? I don't know. I was not there. <laughs> he would put a man in the middle of a circle and tell the women to hit and kick him too. Oh my God. Sometimes he would join in. But then the rules changed. If you scored a hit on him, it would come out of your food rations. Yeah. This is so messed up. (laughs) Sometimes he would beat or whip his followers. Sometimes he would strike them with the broadside of an axe (laughs) with a hammer. Oh, my God. If you hit me with a hammer, I'm going to kill you in your sleep okay i'm sorry but you didn't listen you weren't with me when i did the brandy bernard story she was beaten to death with a hammer oh fuck and i mean just people why are they living like this i don't i know so he would beat them with all of these instruments and injure them and then forbid them to go to the hospital well of course you don't want them to go to the hospital he would even sometimes urinate on him on on (laughs) i don't know what that word means (laughs) Your face right now is priceless. <laughs> I don't know. I dare is. you to try to say that word. <laughs> no. This is a sick dude now. Okay. You know what that is? Yes, I know what that is. Okay, I'm gonna Google it real fast. <laughs> you don't know what analingus is. Analingus? No. Do you know what cunninglingus is? I know what coitus is. what is rimming angling is rimming also known as is the act of pleasuring the wait (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the act of orally pleasuring the anus right licking sucking I'm not sucking your asshole, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Gross. He would force them to do these things to each other or smear themselves with each other's feces. Oh, my God. So, oh, 
okay. He was just insane and just like, let me see. He was like, these people are so wrapped up in me that let me see what I can fucking do. Like the most absurd thing that I can do to these people. And he was just. But the, you know, Michael Ryan did this, the uh, guy from Rula, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He did similar things. He was just as freaking sick. This is sick. Well, this is about to get sicker. Okay. He once slashed Jacques' jugular with a broken wine glass. Okay, wait. If somebody slashes your jugular, are you going to live through that? Well, he lived. <laughs> him, he lived long enough for rock to order Jacques to be circumcised Ooh. <laughs> and they removed everything his whole glands removed okay I don't even want to know the rounded part we're we in the end of the penis or clitoris god okay this all had a cathartic effect on his followers well, gee, I wonder, you get the rounded head of your penis snipped off. He had punished them all for their sins, and they were now purified as a result. And Rock would always weep the next day. I'm sorry I chopped off the head of your penis, but I'm so sorry. After all the alcohol left his system, he would beg God and his master to stop using him as a vehicle for God's cruel justice. Okay, so is this real? I mean, I'm sorry, can someone survive getting their slopes, their throat slashed and their the head of yes. their penis removed? I mean, if they apply pressure and like, I guess, yeah. Golly. So on January 26, 1985, around eight, 9 a.m., Gabrielle put her five-month-old baby, Rock's son, in a wheelbarrow. It was snowing and the temperature was negative 10 degrees celsius which is 14 or so degrees fahrenheit by 10 45 the baby was dead oh my god rock had hated the child he was five months old how do you hate a five month old hated the child and said it bore the mark of the devil he had often beaten it and gabrielle oh thought that this would be the only would be an act of mercy for the so she put her infant outside to die yeah the county corner a friend of Terrio claimed that it had been sudden infant death syndrome. I hope that person goes. To- so, but my question is, if they're out in the wilderness, and how do people know this happened? Did I they seek it- help? Did somebody say, "Oh, I mean, who called the county coroner?" I mean, I see that he's friends with Terrio, but I, mean, I don't know. It just seems weird. I guess because people in the town know that they have these kids mm-hmm. and if one's just missing, okay. one's not around anymore. Well, the county's children's aid society started to watch them at this point. Like, okay, too many people, too many kids have died. So the county yeah. children's aid society would be, I would guess like, you know, child um, yeah. protective services or something yeah. like that. So <clears throat> after a year of having been forbidden to have relations with her pre-cult husband, Jacques, uh, Maris, the only woman in the group um, Terrio hadn't taken as a wife was permitted to leave with her two, two of her three surviving children, a two-year-old and an infant. The only mm-hmm. condition was that the eldest daughter, the girl, um, the girl that, that was born days after, um, like I mean, I'm sorry, they joined the, the cult. girl that she, jo- the, the baby, the little girl that she had when they joined the cult, right. Um, had to stay behind. She was now nearing puberty. And she had to stay behind. Okay. 
Now you can leave, but you have to leave your daughter here. You got me fucked up. If you think I'm leaving my daughter with you. Well, if it's the way for her to get the hell out of there, then maybe she's going to run to authorities and said, he's holding my daughter captive. I couldn't get her out and I needed to get out. I was sincerely hope so. I hope that's what she's doing. So this little girl is going to, I mean, I can't imagine any other life for her other than she's his next wife. Well, Maris hauled ass out of there. And after months of learning how to function in the real world, um, she decided that she would pursue legal action and try to get custody of her daughter. So where's her husband, Jacques? He's still there. Are you sure he's not dead with a cut jugular and missing penis head? (laughs) I mean, this is just too weird. I know, I know, I know. It's just so absurd. It doesn't seem like it could possibly be real. (laughs) Are you sure this is a fiction? (laughs) This is not fiction. Okay. (laughs) Part of the legal action involved testifying on conditions under which the children of the compound lived. So she had to like come clean. This was all that was needed for the child advocacy. The, it's called CAS. Whatever. Children's Aid Society. Yeah. To sweep in and start rounding up kids. Because that's what they do. Yeah. So they took these kids and they put them in foster care. In their new environments, they exhibited disturbing behavior, which indicated that they had been abused on the compound. These poor bait. I mean, I don't know that there's enough therapy in life to help them. So as the children were asked about the conditions of the commune, more and more horrifying details started to come out. Doesn't this sound very like Waco-ish? Yeah, Waco, Rulo, yeah. Uh, Durham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so up here, what you said was they went to foster homes and then the, as the children, as the authorities talked to the children, they learned that the conditions were much more horrifying than yes. they had originally thought. Yes, they learned. They realized that they separated them into two groups yes and that's kind of like what michael ryan did like his own son was you know like his right hand man the son of god right right hand of god where david koresh took them all in as his own this is no longer your child this is my child now okay like he actually you're a girl yeah yeah okay Okay. right so so go ahead so as the story, as the children are telling the story, you know, they talk about how like Maris's children and the young Simon, all of them were regarded as animals and slaves. He would take care of his own. And then he put the mentally deficient Paul Vier in control or he was like the babysitter <coughs> of, the, of yeah. the, of the bastard children. Because, because he had that guy living out in a shed or something, mm-hmm. right. Or, you know. Yes. And the children, right. The children crawled like animals were severely malnourished. Um, Adults and children alike were for the most part forbidden to even speak to them. Oh my God. Uh, Maris would later um, say that she would actually have preferred, preferred Paul to look after her children than rock. Yes. Although Rock considered all of the kids children of God and the next generation of his religious his children to be the children of God. Yes. His own personal his children. Own yeah. children. Their situation was utterly wretched as well. Only Moses or 
rock was permitted to express any any kind of like warmth or loving towards the towards the children um something he would hold two women's children over a fire and threaten to throw one of them in he loved watching the wives beg for their children oh my god he would also nail children to the trees by their clothes this is how you show kids that you love them by nailing them to a tree it's it's terror it's sheer terror and then tell the other children to stone them or, or knife them, like stab them mm-hmm. only to call them off at the last minute, like do this, do this and like hype them up. And then when they get ready to do mm-hmm. it, we just, you know, right. No, no, He said, um, they said the teeth, their teeth were rotting out. Like where did they just had rotten teeth? They would scream rock, you know, bang on things, chant. Even the children had, um, they had chores around the commune, such as hand washing the adult women's sanitary napkins. Oh, that's thank you for that detail. <laughs> they were deprived of sleep, food, and hygiene. They were also not given an education. So they never went to school, except for Rock's own special religious education and sex education, because oh, he's going to make God. sure they got that. Terio told the children that God lived underground because flowers grew up from the ground. These poor babies. He also said that God sometimes demanded a blood sacrifice. So in a secret ritual held just for kids, a naked Terio disemboweled a goat that one of his daughters had raised to bathe himself in its blood, arising from a pit, rising up. There were reports of chanting rituals, upside down crosses and the children were able to go into great detail about group sex rights that were held in the cabin and which involved the whole family. Oh God. Terrio's teenage son also sexually molested. Raped the children. Raped the children. Excuse me. Uh, Rock senior would sometimes have the children masturbate. masturbate Oh my God. Or watch members of the group masturbate one another or themselves, believing this to be the proper method of sexual instruction. I don't even know what it's... Well... That's disturbing. It's disgusting, and I'm just... A court order from an independent assessment, including two different doctors, recommended the children be returned to Burnt River immediately. In their 300-page report, they celebrated Terrio's pioneering spirit, experimental attitude, regarding sexual education. They accused the government of trying to persecute the group, trying to force them to disband by withholding welfare, a gross infraction of their rights as citizens. Okay. All right. The court ordered an independent assessment and this other team. How is that possible? All right. I have no idea. Like I can't even like see a a plausible reason for any of this. So the, what would, the CAS also launched its own report of which Terrio seemed to have intimate knowledge right from the start. Rock was sweet talking everyone who came into his presence. Okay. So I'm just like really, really curious about this man's power over everyone. How is he snowing all of these people? Ugh, I, I don't it, it know. It has to be because he seems intelligent. But not like, but he's, he's, in, but he's not coming off as just batshit crazy. Like sometimes you meet somebody who's smart and you're like, Ooh, that person's really smart. Ooh. They yeah. Might. But I'm sorry, but I would look at the children and I know. See what's Me going too. on in their lives. Yeah. I, I don't understand it either. Okay. I don't know. 
So I think this would be a perfect, great time to take a break and hear from Please, our Please, I need a break. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about this week's sponsor, Best Fiends. As you all know, researching criminal cases is my passion, but even I need an occasional break. So when I feel like I need to escape to a simpler world, I always turn to the mobile puzzle game, Best Fiends. If you haven't heard, Best Fiends is a puzzle game that you can play right on your phone. Each level has challenging puzzles that you have to solve, and they actually engage your brain. No worries at all, because this is a casual, relaxing game that anyone can play, and it's really, really fun. See, Best Fiends are these adorable little characters who are tasked with saving Minutia from the slugs who are rampaging across the land, rounding up Best Fiends and glooping up the countryside. This is a vibrant and creative world with almost 40 unique fiends in the Best Fiends world. Even better, new fiends are added all the time. My goal is to collect them all, so I always check the newest additions to the family. This week, let me tell you about Terry from the Dewdrop District. Terry the Tarantula has a sweet tooth. I mean, no, he has two sweet teeth. This furry arachnid writes a food column called Terry Tries Treats for the Green Glades Gazette. You have got to meet this guy. Anyway, I love finding a new favorite character to spotlight each month. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. So true crime-loving listeners, join us and the millions of others who love this app. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. All right. Welcome back, Mercedes. Hey, how are you? I'm still in Glad shock. Glad to be back. I'm still in shock too. So the <laughs> kids were taken out of foster homes again and taken back to the commune. Is that what I'm understanding? That's what they're recommending. Yes. That they be okay. returned immediate, immediately. But in the end, on October 26, 1987, the court ruled that the children be made wards of the crown. Oh my God. Thank God. I know. There was no, there was to be no parental access as the court believed Terrio to be a manipulative <laughs> despot who posed a significant risk of molestation and exploitation. The 83 page court or court document ruling court ruling also suggested that the testimonies of those two previous doctors and any sympathetic CAS agents, um, francophones, don't even try. I think you spelled it wrong. Francophiles is what I'm thinking it is. Yeah. What are those? Like people who a file is philo means love. And so it's the love of the French. Oh, okay. Okay. I think so saying that they, they, they all speak French. Okay. Yeah. Cause Quebec, Quebec is French and Ontario is English. Yes. So they were French. So they were French speaking. They all spoke French and were, and um, were more the result of a cultural president of sympathy for any French-speaking community in a dom- uh, predominantly English environment. Right. Okay. So they were more sympathetic maybe because they were, spe- you know, that's how he, his end with them was, is because they were all French-speaking people. Right. But there was still wasn't enough as evidence to press further criminal charges against Terrio. I don't know how. Well, really there isn't because he hasn't murdered anyone or anything. I mean, you've got the child abuse, but I mean, you can't, there's no other criminal charges besides that. Even Maris wasn't willing to testify against him. So Terrio began 
networking. He discovered the Mormon fundamentalist movement, and this was how he met up with forensic psychiatrist and LDS branch president, Dr. Jess Grosbeck. Grosbeck? Okay. In addition to dealing with cases of altered consciousness and dissociative disorders, he had he was drawn into shamanism and with a history of polygamy. So this was right up his alley. He and Terrio, polygamous and self-proclaimed healer, became good friends. Rock also hooked up with polygamist Joseph, uh, Alex Joseph of Big Water, Utah, though Joseph didn't much care for Rock's attitude. This is like just goes to show that your polygamists aren't all alike <laughs> no and and so well, i just have a quick question before yes. uh we get too far okay did maris get her daughter back because she te- she was going to testify did she no she wouldn't testify against him okay um okay so we'll, that remains to be seen so during this time rock was also charged with obstruction of dress justice that occurred in connection with an incident in which he and his followers were harassing the daughter of one of rock's children's foster parents so i guess he knew where his kids were so he was harassing their kids like the foster parent kids mm-hmm. he also assaulted one of his neighbors a canoe builder um and they had been friends previously but then now he assaulted him he also got into trouble with police during a trip to utah which resulted in a 75 dollars fine and a pair of soiled trousers oh lord please do tell I don't know if I want to know. (laughs) So home life wasn't really getting any better. It only took a few beers for him to start going on about his nonsense. So you would think that he would have like some sort of like tolerance now. So I wonder if he's like mixing some stuff here. Like if it only takes a few beers to get him going. I don't know. I feel like as men get older, it takes less and less. Maybe. Maybe. So he would start talking about the master of life and death, the good and bad creator. One day he became completely enraged at Claude no re- for, for no reason. No one could, you know, even remembers why. And ordered him to walk around with elastic band wrapped <laughs> tightly around his scrotum like a fucking goat. What is this? Okay, we did this before. Didn't he already do this? Didn't he do this to Samuel? No, he, he circumcised the Veer guy. Okay. I mean, not circumcised. He, he circumcised Samuel. He castrated Paul. And now he's and but he's he did, got a, he's got an issue with penises and balls. <laughs> he did. I mean, so now because I said, why don't remember when I last episode I said, why don't they just wrap a rubber band around it like a goat? He did. did. Say- <laughs> what the fuck, Claude? Okay, I'm sorry, but why would you ever do that to a goat? Well, that's how they castrate them until they just fall off. Oh my god! How do you even know this? I have no idea. <laughs> they do it to bulls and cows too. Or they not cows, but bulls. They have their balls. Uh-huh. Okay. Please. I guess maybe it's more humane than chopping them off. My husband's saying it's like a ring that they clip on there. Okay. I don't know. So, but Claude kept it on overnight. What the? F- I'd be like, no, dude, no. And this would cause, you know, permanent damage to his testicles. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. And of course. So then uh, Terrio wanted to operate using a razor blade to cut open Claude's scrotum and plucked out an infected (laughs) testicle. (laughs) 
this is disgusting. Where in the fuck did you find this? It was actually on one of those. I saw someone bring it up on one of those murder pages, like okay. podcast murder group pages. Oh, my Lord. Okay. So he would pluck out the infected testicle with his fingers and then cauterize the rune wound with a hot piece of iron oh poor claude then he held a vote to determine whether claude should be stoned to death or not for offending god okay when the motion was defeated rock (laughs) took up an acetone i mean acetylene torch and threatened to open claude's stomach jesus i don't know how someone hasn't killed this man he must be scary he must be fucking frightening yeah well claude was like peace out (laughs) yeah he managed to escape where he stayed until terrio was sober once again so he just left and then he he came back he just retreated into the woods to escape the torture and the possible gutting so he retreated into the woods for a couple days became that would become like something that they would do so claude gabrielle giselle and the others Giselle in particular would sometimes retreat into her father's house for a few days until Rock would call and convince her to come on back to the real family. Because she's his wife. Yes. Like his legally married wife. Yes. He would then treat her nice for a few days, but it would always go back and she would be punished for running away and bringing him dishonor. And then one night in February, 1986, 1987 rock threw a hunting knife at her creating a wound three inches deep into her thigh oh my god which immediately started gushing blood terrio's response was to go get another beer and go to sleep when he woke up two hours later a clot had formed in her leg which was was now swollen he decided to operate pressing the leg to cause the wound to reopen probing it with a red hot iron file and pouring cup after cup of boiling water onto her leg. A week later, the wound was infected. Surprise, surprise. Rock decided to fill the wound with salt, olive oil, and spruce gum. Uh-huh. After her leg healed a bit, he tried. she tried to escape, <laughs> I think. But a few days later, she came on back. She had to stay with her husband. After all, it was her role in God's plan. Another thing that he made his followers do was eat excrement and dead mice. God. He would punch some of the women in the neck and knock them out. Um, he, he did that to Solange. He shot a 22 at Claude. This poor Claude. Um, he had Jacques pound Gabriella. Jacques. Jacques pound Gabrielle's thigh with a sledgehammer, Gabrielle's hand in a vice. He whipped Gabrielle in the eye with his belt. He stuck a hypodermic needle in her back with an unknown concoction in it and twisted it so that the tip would break off in her skin. My God. He burned Gabrielle's breast and genitals with a torch. He had Jacques cut off half of Gabrielle's left baby finger with a pair of wire cutters. He broke Gabrielle's fingers with a board. He made her cut a hole in the ice of the pond and jump into the freezing water. He threw a knife at Franzine and um, he broke Solange's cheekbone when she was six months pregnant. I mean, these are just a list of the things, the torture that he would do to these people. 
So now is this coming out? Yeah, this has to be. This is like okay. What's going on at the time that they're living there? But this is like before all of this stuff makes makes it out to authorities. Yes. Okay. He would pass a torch over Josie's back until her skin bubbled. He also passed it over Nicole's stomach the day after she gave birth for the first time. He hit Jacques in the hand with a blunt axe, broke ribs. Head. He hit Jacques in the head with a blunt axe, broke his ribs with a wooden club. He punched his firstborn son, Rock Jr., in the face when he refused to wrestle his brother, Francois. He beat Nicole three months pregnant, causing her to miscarry. On another occasion, he shot a 303 caliber bullet through her shoulder. He broke Giselle's ribs with his steel toed boots. He methodically sprained Claude's toes. <laughs> Another time, he used a piece of broken glass to slice Claude's arm. He pulled 11 of Claude's teeth with a pair of pliers when there was nothing wrong with Claude's teeth. Oh my God. He had one of his wives break Claude's leg with a sledgehammer. He squeezed Gabrielle's and Giselle's nipples with vice grips until they bled. He would hogtie Claude and suspend him from the ceiling for an hour. He ordered his wife to pluck Claude's pubic hairs bald. <laughs> his wife to pluck Claude's pubic hair bald. So not only did we cut the penis head, the head off his penis and put rubber bands around the dude's scrotum now we're gonna pluck his pubic hairs one by one okay this is a sick sick fuck and i'm sorry why are these people dealing with this abuse i have like i'm wondering if it's like one of those sado you know like uh, are they getting off on it yes sadomasochist wow snm type stuff so another time he made claude sit down on a lit stove oh god he beat one of his horses to death with a chain and then made Claude burn the body. Burn. Hi, well, poor Claude. <laughs> I don't know what Claude did to him to piss him off, but fuck. It's just, this is, this is terrible. Horrific. Yes. Golly. And the words of law and order. It's <laughs> heinous. heinous. Yes. So at one point, Gabrielle's uterus prolap- prolapsed. Okay. After a hard day of working, the organ actually protruded three inches outside of her vagina okay so is she pregnant at this time or no i would think not i would think not no but who knows how many babies she's had it's like ready to fall out rock attempted it to did fix fall it. out it literally did yes so rock attempted to fix it himself oh jesus loves me punching the uterus back inside gabrielle's body and fashion and fashioning a wooden cone and truss to plug everything up. Although Gabrielle fled to a women's shelter, she came back to the compound instead of seeing a doctor. Rock's next treatment was to tie a piece of string around the exposed portion of the uterus. Oh, and yank it like it was a loose tooth. Or like it's go balls. Yeah. It was a whole year before Gabrielle would have the opportunity to get a partial hysterectomy. So she went to the hospital when he was on his first trip to Utah. Okay but they always held him blameless. Always. It was never his fault. So I have a letter here. Okay. Would you like to hear another letter? Yes, please. Because wait, didn't they write letters or was it just one? Yeah. Solange, who was the writer? Well, this is Solange again. Okay. Good day, Moses, my master. I would have liked to have talked to you yesterday evening, 
but I think it was prefer preferable to write things down rather than saying them for fear of talking too much. I am going to talk to you about the last fit of anger that your master exercised through you. I really believe what you did doesn't come from you, but from someone much higher. For my part, I really believe that you were possessed by a very powerful spirit. That's what I saw in what you did. The throwing of the knife, the rifle shot, the harm done to Mammy. My eyes saw things that went beyond them. My body is very afraid of all these things. I understand it very well because of the law of death in which it exists. But within myself, I am well. I am very well and very happy to belong to the real master who himself belongs to the only real master of life. Love, Rachel. Wow. Which is, which is her biblical name. So, and she is calling him master. So, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. That's bizarre. That's bizarre. So stay tuned to next week for the conclusion of this oh, story. Okay. Because I'm really hoping that this dude does something that gets him killed, arrested at least and put in jail prison. Mm -hmm. We shall so, see. Yep. Oh my God. This is horrific. I mean, okay. it's kind of like, you know, there's, I mean, can it get much worse? I get to say seed a couple of times next week. Oh, yay. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I get to well, say seed. Yeah, please. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the laughs. Honestly, I did laugh pretty hard again. So oh. thank you. And thanks to all of you, our listeners, for listening to this week's murder. We appreciate sharing our passion with you. And we thank you for your support. If you'd like to support us even further, please consider subscribing to our podcast and giving us a five-star rating and a comment. Your subscription and ratings are essential to our success. You can do this on your favorite platform. For more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. We are so grateful to spend our time together and share our murderous stories. Thank you so much for your support. Please recommend It Wasn't Me to your true crime loving friends and family. Also, thank you to our Patreon supporters. You are the extra. You too can become one of our beloved patrons by signing up at patreon.com forward slash it wasn't me pod. Thanks guys. And remember it wasn't, it wasn't me. me.